The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. In his series on the book of Revelation, Elder Buddy Abernathy has been dealing with the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor. Yesterday, he began looking at the letter to the church at Laodicea. You may recall that the Laodicean church was lukewarm. It had lost its zeal for God, and and its members were living like the world. Brother Buddy began to deal with that problem, and today he continues looking at the issue of lukewarmness and how it applies to us today. I hope you'll join us for the second half of this message today on the church at Laodicea. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Brother Chris and I mentioned over and over during the pandemic that it was a blessing to be able to access the services through Zoom, but I say then and I say now, don't you dare opt to stay at home when you have the ability to come to church. And we're not going to preach on this today, but there is a spiritual benefit that you get when you gather together with the church to hear the preaching live in person. There's a blessing you'll get there that you will not get in another setting. God knew what he was doing when he set up the church. 
Man has changed a lot of things. But the Lord set it up in a way that would benefit us best. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, all you do at church is pray, sing, and preach. And, you know, I, I, my children have needs that need to be addressed. Well, if, if, the, if those needs were delegated to the church, it would help you neglect the responsibility that God has given you. Have you ever thought about it that way? And I'm not being, I don't say this to be critical, this is an illustration. But in some congregations, when you arrive with your children, they require you, some of them require it, that you send them off to another room where they won't disturb the service that the adults are tending. You know what that causes? Or what that allows for? It allows for you to neglect to train your children to behave in church. Now, as we think about that, if it, when your children are young, I tried to be this way with mine, if all you do is train them to sit still and be quiet, you've accomplished a lot. That doesn't require anything other than consistent training. You know, when mine were little, if they had a problem that they expressed with sitting still and being quiet, I would quietly take them outside and convince them it's much more enjoyable to sit in church and be quiet than it is to go outside. But if you say, I'm going to take them out and play, then you're training them. If you want to go outside and play, then just pitch a fit in church. And there's a lot of preaching that can be done on that. But I just want you to know this. We have sold ourselves short in this modern world of what children have the ability to do. And it's not going to kill them. It's not going to sour them on the church if they're trained. Now, you know, all of you know my daughter Rachel. She told me a few years ago, she said, Yeah, Daddy, when we went to church, I just thought this is another place i got to sit still and be quiet. Now, I recognize you can take them to so many church meetings that you'll wear them out. And I always tried to include something fun for them when we went on preaching trips. But we have sold ourselves short. In Psalm 144, it says our sons are to be as plants grown up in their youth. That means a five-year-old boy can assume responsibility that we think they can't handle today. Now, notice... Get off that rabbit trail. I, I thought that was a pretty good rabbit trail. But in Isaiah chapter 4, notice this. Here's another. You know, as I read these, I really don't have to do a lot of explanation. Just visualize this in your mind. Isaiah chapter 4 and verse 1. In that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own, bread, our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. Now, there's a historical setting here and a particular application and meaning, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to make use this for the appropriate spiritual application to us today. Here's someone that says... 
I want to live my life the way I want to. I don't want the preacher telling me what to do, but I want to join the church where I will appear to be a Christian and take away my reproach. The Lord spews that out of His mouth. He can't stand the way that tastes. Seven women. She'll take hold of one man. This was a time where it was needful that a woman have a husband to take care of her. And they wanted the benefits, but they said, hey, now, speaking to the husband, don't think that we're marrying you out of any sense of commitment or that we want to try to bring honor to you as our husband. We just want what you can provide for us, but let us eat our own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. You know, if you live in a small community, and if your last name is not common, you know, like McCool or Junkin, if your last name is Abernathy, wherever your children go, just use myself for an example, Wherever they go, however they behave, they're going, when, when they look at them, they're going to say, that's Buddy Abernathy's child. And they're going to associate them with me. You can bring reproach on your parents or you can honor them. And the church is no different. You can bring reproach on the church. And especially, I want to emphasize this in a small community, I've served churches in big cities. When I served a church in Tampa, Florida and Birmingham, Alabama, the community didn't know who was a member of the church and who wasn't. But here, it's very easy for people to know what church you're a member of and associate your lifestyle with that church. But let us eat our own bread. Let us wear our own apparel, but let us be identified with you to take away our reproach. Look at Titus chapter 1. I believe this is one of the few I was going to reference in the New Testament. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Now, I would describe this as extreme coldness. You know, I would question whether this is even referring to God's children, but I don't need to make a judgment on that. The Lord knoweth them that are His. But notice what He says. He said, Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Even their mind and conscience is defiled. And although they profess that they know God, in works they deny Him. 
If you as a member of the church go and do things that are unbecoming to a church member, you are in your works denying the Lord without saying a word. Look at Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Notice again. They draw near with their mouth and with their lips. That's easy to do, isn't it? Oh, I can make me, myself look good in front of you by what I say. It's no problem on Sunday morning. It's no problem over there in the lunchroom. But how am I when I'm not around you? And it would be much more acceptable as far as the world is concerned to behave in a different way. I could avoid criticism. I could avoid being put out of the crowd if I would just go along with the world. That's lukewarmness. Look at Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 30. Also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. They're not talking to you, they're talking against you at home. And speak one to another, every man to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what the word that cometh forth from the Lord. That sounds good, doesn't it? And they come... Unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. Why? For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. You know, that's, sort of a, that's a sin we sort of pass over, isn't it? You know, when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and in my, I'll put it in my words, when he said, seek first the kingdom and I will provide your needs, that's still true. You can still prioritize the kingdom of God and he will provide everything you need. You'll be in far better shape than prioritizing uh, some possession or prioritizing advancing financially in the world, you, you would be far better seeking the kingdom of God first than pursuing that first because you will not have God's blessings and favor. Have you ever read the book of Haggai? What they did is they stopped building the temple and they started building some fine homes for themselves. You know what the Lord did? He put holes in the bags they put their wages in. You can make all the money you want. Think I've just really set things up. But if the Lord puts holes in your pocket, it doesn't matter how much money you make. 
You say, Brother Buddy, that doesn't make sense. I can make a lot of money and do far better than if I made a small amount. Well, I know that from experience, I know one thing, the Lord can bring money from sources I never thought he would or didn't even think about. But also he can bring in bills that you didn't know about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, one of the things Brother Chris has been teaching us that the way that Job's miserable comforters missed the mark is they tried to say that everything bad that happened was a result of his sin. I'm not saying that. But your transmission might wear out sooner than it would have if you would be seeking the Lord first. Now your tires are going to wear out no matter what. You're going to have to replace your tires. But I'm just saying God didn't just create the world and wind it up like a watch and then remove himself and say, let's see what happens. He's providentially involved in your life. The children of Israel had shoes for 40 years that didn't wear out. You know why? Because that was impossible normally. You know, I, I've heard parents say things like this, but I've never seen anybody wear out shoes like Abel. I mean, he can get a pair of, you know, I can get a pair of tennis shoes and wear them for years until, you know, the, they start tearing apart on top he wears them a short period of time and you know it can be nikes with a thick rubber sole and somehow he wears i mean they're gone i, I couldn't do that if i tried to but see the lord can preserve shoes for 40 years if he wants to you know i had a car one time see a lot of times we make the wrong choices i had a car one time that had 324,000 miles. And the only reason I sold it was because where we were moving, there was not enough room to park the cars we had. I believe we had four at that time. There was not enough room to park the cars. And I'm, I'm not saying that to say, see how the Lord provides for me because I'm so good. I'm just showing you how the Lord can provide. So notice now in Matthew chapter 23, this will be our last example of why God may spew us out of his mouth if we're not behaving and living committed to him like we should. Now this is like I say, this is an extreme example and I believe as you read this, you would say, well, here's him actually in the process of spewing them out of his mouth in a spiritual sense. Matthew 23, 25, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Look at verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are likened to whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. 
Now, I know that the Lord sometimes spoke to the, Harris, the Pharisees, especially in John chapter 8, and said, you're of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. I realize that he sometimes, as he only has the ability to judge, identified them that you're not my children. So I'm not saying that these are or are not God's children, but he is spewing them out of his mouth, isn't he? Now, finally, what can we do to prevent ourselves from cooling off and becoming room temperature? You know, there, there's many different ways that Revelation 3, that is, there's many different ways that that concept cold and hot can be presented, and as long as it doesn't conflict vital doctrine, it's okay to have that degree of liberty and applying it different ways. But notice in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 4, this will not only show us how to prevent cooling off, but maybe more importantly, we need to look at it from the perspective of asking ourselves, why am I cooling off? Ecclesiastes Chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. That's pretty hard language, isn't it? See, and when I preach, I'm not preaching my opinion, you see. I still don't enjoy even using some of God's harsh language, but... I'm just telling you what the Lord said. He says, When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Just a few days ago, I heard about a divorce. And the husband said, Well, I never did love you. It doesn't matter whether you loved her or not in the way you're talking about it. You know, the soap opera love. Oh, I'm no, I, I fell out of love and I would be a hypocrite if I stayed with them. That's the devil's lie. Just the opposite is true. You know what being a hypocrite is? Is making a vow and not keeping it. And I know all of us have a past. And the Lord forgives our past, no matter what it is, and we can honor Him from this point forward. I'm not trying to dig up your past any more than I want you to dig up mine. But this can be from this day forward. When thou vowest a vow, defer not to pay it. What would be the spiritual application of that? We, we certainly see how that would work in business. If you obligate yourself, keep that obligation. When you buy a house, most of us are going to take that vow seriously because we know if we don't make the payments, we might lose the house. But some people make that vow and defer not to pay it. But it's even better not to vow than to vow and not pay. When you're baptized, what are you saying? You're saying, 
I believe Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again for my justification. And I believe one day, though I die and I'm buried, that because he was raised from the dead, I'll be raised from the dead. And I'm also saying I'm burying my flesh and I'm walking in newness of life. And the whole essence of Christianity is self-denial. Self-denial. Sacrifice. I'm going to be zealous. I'm going to keep my vow. I'm going to keep my vow to the Lord's people. And I know our time is gone, but you know, one of the things the Lord says in Hebrews 10, you know, when He talks about the assembly, and He says... Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You know, we can look at that in a negative light, but notice this positive light. Let us consider one another. Here is the way to be considerate of each other. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and the good works. Here's the point. I cannot provoke you unto love and good works if I'm not with you. And I'm glad we have an environment here where that takes place. I've been in situations, in church situations, where you assembled together and when you went home you felt like the opposite had happened. Oh, how blessed we are here. So I would encourage you, I don't believe anybody here is totally lukewarm, but I'm sure you struggle with it just like I do. You feel like you cool off too much sometimes. But you know, just like a vow in marriage, sickness and in health, for better or for worse, that's easy to say, isn't it? But if there's a lot of sickness, things get worse. You know, I, I think I reached the point in my marriage, and I hope those of you that have been married as long as I have, have also reached the point where you say, I love my husband or wife, but I'm staying with him because I made a commitment before God. Your feelings are going to fluctuate. But you know, when you're together 24 hours a day, you have to eventually love the other person because you have made a commitment before God. So keep your vows, and that way you can help others stay warm in the kingdom of God. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you, and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. 
That's the letter J C H R I S M C C O O L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you, is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.